Welcome to Caffeine, Crime and Canines, a podcast brought to you by two girls who love their dogs, love coffee, but most importantly, love true crime. Hey, Lockie. Hey, Karina. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Sorry. Um, the what's it called? Anchor locked me out, so I had to reset oh. my password. <laughs> <laughs> You're here now. I am. Oh, good. Um, how's your day been? Ah, oh, so busy. How about yours? Yeah, busy as well. But I'm working from home today, so it's been nice. Me too. It's been yeah. cozy because it's freaking crap weather out there. I know. It's weird doing this on a weekday. I know. I'm it? really thrown off, but I was a bit excited as well. It was like <laughs> something to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. So we're um, going to pick up where we left off talking about Marion Barter. Um, and to all our listeners, we're re-recording the second part of this episode. You may have noticed some weird little technical difficulties or delays that we had in the first episode. Like it was always sounding like we were f- fighting with each other because we were like <laughs> talking over each other in some parts. Um, I know it sounded like we're being savage to yeah. each other when I re-listened. <laughs> it was worse in the second episode, wasn't it? It was like, oh, anyway. Oh. And that's I'm like, we cannot put that out. That sounds so bad. But it's probably good because now we can actually um, have the conversation again, I think. I think it'll be good. Yes, and I wonder if we'll have different, like, you know, if it will take a different path. Mm, I'm possibly. curious. Yes. So I think where we got up to last time, actually, before we before we get into it, um, We Binge Crime, is that the the other podcast that guessed this case we just wanted to yeah I think so yes she's got a blog so I think her name is Melissa from we binge on crime um on Instagram she's the one that guessed we're doing the Marion Barter case so well done Melissa yes well done um you're the only one so if we had things to give out for prizes (laughs) (laughs) you'll be at that point yet (laughs) (laughs) when we get mugs or something you'll be the first one (laughs) All right. Are we ready to go? Yes. Let's do a quick run through, I think, maybe on what actually we spoke about on Monday's episode. So we had kind of spoken about Marion's life and her relationships and her kind of mental state, you know, before she left. And then I think where we left off um, at the last episode, she had left for the UK. Yeah. So that was probably a good... uh, break in between episodes but um yeah so we'd spoken about her marriages and her relationship with her daughter and um the problems she was having at tss and um i think we also spoke about that weird story with the man in the car at mcdonald's as well which was yeah that's a, that's definitely a big oh. red point <laughs> yes very 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 weird um another thing sorry this is not episode related when I was listening to um, the first episode of this, I realised like how much I say the word weird <laughs> and odd. So I'm going to try some new words today. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I did not notice that with you at all, but I noticed me saying really weird stuff as well. Like, I, I'm like, Karina, you've got to stop saying, I don't even, now I can't even remember what it is. I think it was like my opinion or something like that. Like I kept saying something really random that I was like, I've got to stop that now. I can't even remember what it was. So yes, I'm, I'm going to stop saying weird. I'm going to try some new things. Yeah, what so, was my word? I feel like it was something I'm not impressed with myself, but I can't even remember <laughs> now what it was. I'm sure no one even notices. It's just because we <laughs> listen to these so much. Um, yeah, so at this point, Marion's in the UK and 
um, some of her family and her friends and her students receive letters and postcards from her and they come from a few different places in the UK, um, I think like London, Sussex, and the main place it seems she was was Tunbridge Wells. Um, yeah, so there was postcards and letters. Um, I think we probably already spoke about this, but, you know, it was her sister's birthday while she was away and she'd organised gifts. Um, we did speak about that, didn't we? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. She, we're, we're talking about how she was keeping the contact yep. with all her family and friends and even going to extreme measures, even um, keeping contact with like students and things like that. So she definitely was keeping in touch. It wasn't just like one off here and there yeah. messages and things like that. And while Marion was away in the UK, uh, the Threadbow disaster happened here in Australia, which for the people that don't know what that was, um, in the Threadbow, the ski town in New South Wales, there was an avalanche that killed, um, I, I don't know exactly, but it killed an, an amount of people. And Marion was obviously concerned because Sally and Chris were meant to be in that area around that time. So she was trying to make contact with Sally just to check on her. I think they missed each other the first kind of phone call yeah um but on the 1st of august they kind of finally get on the phone with each other um and marion is talking to sally so she and this is actually the last time sally um has any communication with her mum but marion spoke about how she was in tunbridge wells and she was having a great time and um she was currently in a cafe having tea um with some people that she'd met um and it all sounded like she was just like having a great time and um she also mentioned that she postponed her trip on the Orient express which i was actually thinking about this the other day um i think like you know the Orient express for her was like a bucket list thing that she really wanted to do and i did a bit of research and i don't think the Orient express does its trip very often like it's not a it's not a regular route that wow, happens I didn't know that yes it's like a, it only happens a few times a year um so I was just thinking that, that that was a bit odd that she postponed that because I felt like it was probably one of the major reasons she was going on this trip is was to do that train thing and yeah anyway it's probably not there's probably not too much into it but I, I was just thinking about that that the other day what is it oh, so, do you want to give me I don't even know what it like where does it go is it just like a little train that runs through Europe or yeah it's a train I think it leaves from London or a European country um across the English channel and it finishes in like I think it's like Turkey or oh, a wow. country like that like it's it goes through heaps and heaps of different countries and yeah, I'm pretty sure it, it's not a regular thing. It only happens, you know, a couple of times a year. Um, I'm just Googling it now. I think uh, you start in Paris, which I think France is kind of on that other side of the English Channel. So you just travel from London. So it's There's pretty much just travelling through Europe on a, on a little train. So I think pretty it's a much, book or yeah. something, isn't it? That's the only reason I've heard of it. So. Yeah, Murder on the Orient Express yes. is, a, is a book and now a movie. So, um, yeah, I just thought it was a bit weird that she had postponed it. But I don't know back then. Yeah, maybe it was. Sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, sorry. I was going to say, especially because she was, that was, as you said, one of the main reasons Mm. she was going to go. And she was real, like she had spoken to everyone about how excited she was that she was going to go on there. Yeah. Um, What else did she mention? So she mentioned that she may, this is another big thing. She she mentioned she may not be sending as many letters and postcards now because she was going to try and enjoy a trip. And, I think, like, obviously that makes sense, but I think 
the the strange thing was that she mentioned that and and felt the need to mention that yeah I thought that was I definitely thought that was really odd I think that because she the fact that she did say this and then she disappeared it's like Mm. I mean if she was planning to disappear it's like she was buying time like so yeah, you know was... so Sally wouldn't you know start looking for her straight away or the fact that no one had heard from her so I was like no she told me she's just going to enjoy herself for mm. a while so that was definitely an interesting point you know or if if you were planning on going missing on purpose like you're kind of letting your family down easy like you're slowly yeah breaking the communication um don't know. I did think it was interesting though that Sally said there was definitely a delay in the call. So to yep. say that she was definitely overseas at the time, like back then, obviously you could sort of tell if it was like a long range call, like if it was yep. an overseas call, I should say. Yep. Um, so that, I, I definitely think that's an interesting point. Mm. Um, and then that pretty much wraps up their conversation. Um I think, you know, Marion was obviously at a payphone when she made this call and just kind of let Sally talk until the money ran out and then that was it, you know, like so, yeah. And Sally obviously understood, you know, go and enjoy your trip. I'm not expecting you to keep constant communication with me. Um, but a few months go on um, and it gets to October, um, which is the month of Owen's birthday, and Sally makes contact with Owen on his birthday and asks if his mum had made contact with him to say happy birthday and he mentions that she hadn't. Um, And I think this was quite a a bit of a turning point for Sally. I mean, obviously she made a huge deal about her sister's birthday a few months before and sent gifts and made sure, you know, she wasn't forgotten. Um, And then to not call Owen at all um, was a bit strange. Yeah, and I think because they hadn't heard from her since, well, well, Sally hadn't heard from her since that phone call on August 1st, the fact that she didn't call Owen, she must have, something felt just in her gut off. So I think that was definitely the red flag that she not was waiting for, but the fact that she hadn't heard from her at all and then she didn't call for the birthday, she's like, something's Mm. off here. And Sally mentions like Marion loved birthdays, always made a big deal about birthdays and um, you know, that they were a big deal to her. So it was an, like another kind of red flag that she hadn't called Owen at all or made any contact. Um, yeah, so Sally started to think something was a little bit off um, at this point and contacts Marion's bank, uh, which we think is a Commonwealth bank. Um, and after a bit of digging around, she gets told that $5,000 has been taken out of Marion's bank account every day for three and a half weeks. Um, but the strange thing was these withdrawals were made in Australia, even though, um, you know, Sally thought she was in the UK. And most of the money had been withdrawn from the Byron Bay branch, but there were a couple of days kind of in the middle of that um, three and a half weeks where it was withdrawn from Burley Heads, which is was close to where Marion lived in Queensland, uh, which was also quite odd. So I think um, over that three and a half weeks, the total that was withdrawn was like a hundred to hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Is that right? Yeah, that's that, yeah. that that's what's been reported. So, mm. and Sally's not sure exactly how much was in that account. Um, after selling the house, she's not exactly sure how much was in there, but I'm pretty sure that it was cleaned out. Yeah. Oh, it was cleaned out completely. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So 
that happens and then that obviously kind of sparks something in Sally's mind like, nah, this is, something's going on. So she travels down to Byron Bay. She takes a picture of her mum and she just canvases the area. She's going to the supermarket, to the pharmacy, just to see if anyone recognises her at all. And she doesn't have much luck until she walks into the Commonwealth Bank. Um, so the person that she speaks with the bank takes the photo from her walks into their manager's office, shuts the door, obviously has some type of conversation. They photocopy the photo of Marion and then he comes back out and says to Sally, if you want, if we see your mum, what would you like us to tell her? So, I mean, that is just. That's sus. Sus. So sus. Like, obviously they knew something. I know right? that, but I feel like if if I was Sally, I feel like I'd be thinking, oh, mum has been here mm. and because they've recognised her. They've taken a photo and he's asked, what would you like me to say? Um, mm. So I, if I was her, the fact that she was thinking, like what would you have been thinking at that time? Like mm. she obviously still thought something was off because that's the day that she did report her mum missing. But I yep. think she must have held onto a little bit of hope that maybe she was in the oh. area and something maybe has gone off on her trip and she's flown back home, like, I don't know, for an emergency or whatever it is, but very interesting. Mm. And I think um, when they do the Lady Vanishes podcast, someone makes contact with them that actually used to work in the Byron Bay Commonwealth Bank and this person mentions that if someone was coming in every single day withdrawing that kind of money, that would flag something in their system and the manager would have been informed. So that kind of... Those kind of withdrawals were not something that would just kind of go past and no one would notice. And I, I yeah. saw reports also that there, there had to be like a signature or a photo ID if you're taking out that sort of money as well. Mm. So it's not so something that's just easily done. Like it, it, I don't think you could actually – I'm quite sure that you can't take that sort of money out at an ATM. She would have physically had to go into the bank to do it. Yeah, yeah. And – Conflicting reports as to what the maximum you could withdraw from that branch each day was. I think a few say 5,000, a couple say 7,500. So I guess maybe if it was that 7,500 a day, Marion or whoever that was withdrawing this money maybe thought that taking out 5,000 would maybe not, um, you know, Get, they won't have as much attention on them if they're not withdrawing the maximum. See, I think the opposite though. I honestly think if I went into a bank and I just like, let's say like withdrawed everything that was in the account in one hit, someone's just going to think, oh, she's buying something big or, you know, she's moving banks or mm. something. Whereas to do it every day, it $5,000 every day, I think that's more sus than just doing it in one hit. I agree. Yeah. I think... I don't know. I just find it, it's just so weird. Like, And you'd think what... you'd remember. Like if you were, like even this, I know it's been like 20 years, but, you know, there's things that I remember from workplaces that I've worked at, like weird things that I still remember to this day, even though like let's say 10, 15 years ago. But I feel like mm. it's something you'd remember. And even after hearing this story, like the lady vanishes, I think it's had over 7 million downloads. You'd think someone would be like, Hey, I sort of remember that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, their behavior was, was strange. So who knows what, 
what involvement they had. But you know what I do find just a little bit odd as well? I think that there are, again, conflicting reports on which bank she actually banked with. Mm, Okay. So there are – Sally is 100% sure that she did go and contact the Commonwealth Bank, but there have been reports that uh, Marion held a bank account with, I think, is it, oh, gosh, you know me with this word, colonial? (laughs) Colonial, yeah. Colonial, whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) My gosh. Um, But, yeah, so she definitely held um, a bank account with them, and I know that both, the Commonwealth Bank and the, go for it, Lockie, say it for Colonial, Colonial Bank, um, <laughs> merged. But I think that wasn't until the 2000s. So who knows what's happened to those records? Because obviously they didn't go digging till the 2000s into this case. So um, who knows what information was there that hasn't been uncovered or that never will yeah. be able to be uncovered? Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Um so that weird thing happens with the money. And as you mentioned, this is kind of when Sally um, reports her mother is missing at the Byron Bay police station. But the problem is, and this is kind of where um, the story just gets a bit sad, is that the police don't um, register her as, as a missing person. They just mark this as an occurrence that's happened. I think when they do a little bit of digging around and they see, you know, Marion sold her house and she went on this holiday, they pretty much immediately assume that she has wanted to disappear and that's kind of how they approach this case from that point and don't really change their minds at any point do they Karina? No exactly right that that's I think the saddest thing of the whole case is they probably if they did something there and then I think that this would have been resolved it wouldn't be the big story that it is today but because they did literally nothing or let's just say they dug around. Like I'm quite sure the police had called maybe the bank and they had said like, I'm actually sure that there's a note on her on that particular report saying that she wanted to, she was, she took out the money cause she was buying a house with her new husband. So they assumed she's a lady in her fifties. She's sold her house. She's packed up and gone over, moved overseas. And she's obviously just met someone and she wants to run away. Like that's, I think that was, mm what they the exact theory and they just stuck with it yep and I think there was one police officer Gary Sheehan who seemed to take a little bit of interest and seemed like he what he did really want to help Sally I mean he still has the same theory to this day he thinks that she's disappeared on purpose but he did help her a little bit and he did find a little bit of information um and he mentions that there was a report not him he he didn't you know, do this, but there was a report that said that the police actually made contact with her and said, yeah, she doesn't want to be found. She, she did this on purpose, but that report has kind of never been proven and she was never physically cited. Like it just, it's just sus. And I don't think anyone's taken any truth from that. Yeah, I agree. And I think that with, with that particular report as well, there's no, obviously they don't even know who, I don't know if they don't know who's written the report, but there's no evidence to prove that, you know, she's been cited or even spoken to. So even though the report does say she's spoken to, I don't think there is any evidence or no one can remember speaking to her. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then Gary Sheehan also finds a little bit of information and passes it on to Sally and this is where it gets really strange. So Marion left for the UK in June, May of the same year, so a couple of months before, uh, Sally finds out that she had changed her name by deed poll and she changed her name 
to Florabella Natalia Marion Ramakel. Um, weird, weird name, right? And then oh, so when, it's so weird. And then they also find out that obviously her passport left Australia, but her passport was recorded re-entering Australia on August the second. So if we backtrack a little bit, Sally spoke to her mum on August the first. Apparently, twenty-four hours later, her passport is recorded coming back into the country. Um, and even if this was Marion coming back in. Uh, She's made no contact with her family since returning to Australia. And then obviously her passport's come in. They, you know how when you're on a trip and you go to a new country, you've got to fill out all your, what you're bringing in and cash and whatever. On her incoming passenger card, it said that Natalia, Florabella, whatever, was living in Luxembourg. She was married. Her occupation was home duties Um, and the handwriting on that passenger card has been compared to postcards and stuff. And it's quite similar to Marion's handwriting. So I think there's a good chance that it was her filling out that card. Yep. And I mean, so many details to unpack here. Like one, her name. So weird. Apparently she's living in Luxembourg. Like what? Like (laughs) so weird. And I mean the name. So maybe we'll just talk about the name for a second. Um, So, the name Remical, Karina, I think you have a bit of information on the how common that name is, do you? I do. So apparently there's only 106 um, Remicals in the world. There's only, I think the majority, or not majority, but there's, actually it would be majority because there's about 90 in the US and then the rest of them are in Luxembourg. Mm. So the fact that she said on a passenger card that she is living in Luxembourg and this particular surname is connected to Luxembourg and there was no Google back then that I feel like that in itself is like a clue as to what the heck is going on here. Yes. And then it said she was married as well. Yes. On the card. So, you know, and obviously Sally, as far as she knew, was single. So Exactly. And also just one other little point with her name. So she's changed her name to Florabella Natalia Marion Remichel. So that's obviously four names. Um, and then in Luxembourg, it's very common or it is the norm to have four names. So Yeah, and they go by their second name. Yes, is that right? That is so correct. She, her first name in Luxembourg would be Natalia, not Florabella. Yeah. Yeah. I mean – Back to people thinking that she wanted to disappear. I mean, if you wanted to disappear, why would you call yourself Florabella? That stands out like a sore thumb. Like, yes, it's just so. There's obviously some thought behind her changing her name to that. Like, it is. She's put some thought into it, and she's kept her. She's kept Marion in there as well. Yeah, and I've got. I I feel like the fact she's done that. I think that it's so when she like returns to Australia. She can still go by Marion and she doesn't need to change everything. But the fact she's dropped her ex, because Barda was her ex-husband's surname. It wasn't her maiden name. So I can see why she's dropped that if she wants to start like fresh, um, you know, drop her ex's na- like surname. But the fact that she's changed it to this random ass name that mm. you know that is not common at all makes me think she doesn't want to disappear. She's doing it for love. Like she's doing it for yeah. a reason, you know. And like, yeah, like you just said, that's a good point. Like her name is kind of so thought out that she could go by Marion Ramakel. In Luxembourg, she can do her Luxembourgish name as well. Like it does, it does seem like they're 
was some real thought put into it. Exactly. And if she did get married, you can, I'm pretty sure that in The Lady Vanishes, they do discover that if you marry in Luxembourg, you actually keep your maiden name. So for her to change it before she left the country makes me think, obviously, if she's going to marry someone else, she doesn't want her ex-husband's surname. She wants her new husband's surname. So why not change it? before she leaves does that make sense yeah yeah that makes sense yeah wow okay so before marion left for the uk as well she actually sent some money to a bank account in the uk i think it was twenty thousand dollars which you know she was planning on staying for a while and possibly living over there so i don't think that's sus in itself but since she's left that that money hasn't been touched at all her super hasn't been accessed here in australia and she's had no activity with the ato here in australia so even if she has returned on August the 2nd, 1997, she hasn't worked and she hasn't accessed her super. I mean, she would be 75 now, so she would be of an age where she can access it and it hasn't been touched. Um, but one weird detail is that after returning to Australia, apparently on August the 2nd, I think it was September, so a month after, her Medicare card was uh, used in Grafton, New South Wales. Just the one time. Yes. Yeah. I found that really Mm. weird as well. Mm. So I don't actually know where Grafton is. Uh, Is it close to Byron Bay? I actually have no idea. All I know is that that she had never been there before and didn't know anyone in that area because I do remember Sally saying that in the podcast. Um, Okay. And I do know, obviously due to privacy laws, she, Sally hasn't been able to know what that particular visit was about so yeah you know just quickly like backtracking for one sec do you think by any chance that the original police officer had a little bit of this information and that's why he originally ruled it as she wanted to disappear because I can Mm -hmm. sort of see like let's just say like I'm a police officer and I start to see like she's changed her name she's withdrawn all this money she's sold her house and she's moved overseas and her incoming um passenger card does say that she's married also on that passenger card it does say that she's only returning to australia for eight days oh yes eight days yeah Yeah. so that's another little point so i wonder if this information was available to them but the only reason that makes me think maybe it wasn't and obviously this has just come to light when um is it gary sheehan has Yep. yep, got in the case is because there's no notes on it. So I feel like if there was notes saying all this information, then you can sort of see why the police thought this in the first place. But the fact that there's no notes, again, that's so hard to tell. Mm. And there was an anonymous tip called in to the New South Wales police um, that Marion was deceased and she was buried in bushland in Ashmore. Um, so it was just that kind of one tip um, that came in. But Gary Sheehan went out there with some cadaver dogs for a couple of days. I mean, that's not a long period of time, but they searched for a few days and they came up with nothing. So I think that to them reinforced this, oh, she's disappeared on her own because we didn't find her. Yeah. Which is just ridiculous. Like they searched for two days, you know, it, and they just guessed. That. Apparently they just guessed the location. a relative yeah. area. Yeah, which is just stupid. It really is. You should definitely quickly chat about what happened with that Facebook post also because I find that very interesting. Yeah, so Sally has the Facebook page um, and she kind of updates people on her mum's case and what's happening with it and um, she receives these messages on there from I think his name was Clark Hunt or Clark Hunter or something like that Um, and he left comments 
on this page saying, Natalia is alive, but you will never see her again. She didn't want to go missing. She was forced. Um, And obviously, yeah, (laughs) obviously Sally was like, what the hell? And was trying to, trying to get some information, but before kind of any responses could be exchanged, the profile was deleted. Um, But I think what's important with this was that this person was calling her Natalia. Yeah. uh, Which would obviously be her first name in Luxembourg. Um, And how would you know that? Like if I, obviously just by looking at her name, I would assume that it's just Florabella or Marion. Mm. The last Mm -hmm. thing I'd think is that she goes by Natalia. Like that's probably the last name that you'd think she goes by. So the fact that this guy said, use that as her first name, that I feel he's up to something. And how, can I tell you, if you're going to change your name, that's actually a good name. What what was his name? Clark Hunter. (laughs) Clark Hunt. But isn't isn't that, that's a good name to change. Yeah. Oh, actually. Is he Clark Hunt? (laughs) No, Clark Kent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still love Superman. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but that's... That's a good name yeah. to change your name to, you know, if you want to go missing. Yeah, exactly. So maybe, yeah, mm. who knows. Um, another um, strange thing that's probably worth mentioning and nothing, it's been proven or anything, but Sally has actually seen two psychics um, and isn't a big believer in psychics either. Saw two separate psychics on separate occasions, and they both mentioned that her mum was buried under floorboards. See, that still gives me sh- like That's shivers. Weird. Yeah, yeah. Like, what yeah. the heck? Um, so yeah, like little weird things just kind of keep coming up. You know what I mean? Like, but I think this may be the weirdest detail to come up and to come out of this, and pretty uh, in my mind almost concludes this whole thing, but. Someone on that listened to the Lady Vanishes found a newspaper ad. Um, this was a French newspaper that was published in Australia. Um, I think it was published in New South Wales. But in this newspaper in 1994, I think, there was an ad for a guy that was looking for love or looking for a, a long-term relationship. Um, and, Karina, guess what this guy's name was? Tell me. F. Ramakal. Fernando Ramakel. See, like oh. what? And as you mentioned, like Ramakel is not a common surname, and there was no registered Ramakels in Australia. Um, so the fact that there was that name in a newspaper ad looking for love, and it just seems like Marion would would be the type of person, you know, she obviously always wanted that companionship that she would probably read an ad like that and think jackpot. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that ad like, was was it posted in ninety four? Ninety four. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously that's three years before she disappeared, but I think it was know. close to where she was living at the time. This is before she had moved, so I'm yeah. pretty sure it was just a twenty minute drive. Um, this person had said that I think it was just like a twenty minute drive um, from where they were living. So that is not far. Yeah, a very. That's a huge connection, and um, there's obviously there was a first name Fernando or Fernand. Um, in the ad and the person that found this article or ad did some digging around and apparently in the whole world there is only three males kind of in that same age bracket uh, with this name and there was only one that matched kind of like that ticked every box like yeah. his age his name like whatever and this guy was living in Luxembourg yeah and just oh it's like, actually crazy. And the fact that this little sleuth tracked this down. Like, I know. I'm so impressed. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But this guy was married, apparently, wasn't he? Or he had an ex-wife. So, or I don't know. So apparently, so in this article, apparently he says he's um, tall, he's 47, he's single, he's cultured. Now, this I found a very interesting dot point. He says that he's, I think he's involved with, I don't know if it's property development or he's got many properties. Um, he's warm and welcoming. Uh, so obviously that, that might be things that, um, you know, Marion may have found attractive or something that she was looking for. Uh, the fact that, sorry, give me a quick sec. The fact that this is the interesting thing though. So you had told me that there's only one person in 1990 had left Australia with the passport, with the surname Ramakel. That was probably the messiest way to say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So how is this person in Australia? You know what I like? That's that's definitely like questions. I've got so many questions regarding this particular guy. Um, but I do know that he had played soccer. I think he played soccer for Luxembourg till he was injured. So that's a really interesting little mm. connection. Seeing as Marion's first husband was a soccer player. Yeah, yeah, that is. And you know, if he's involved in property, it's pretty easy to bury someone under some floorboards yeah see that when you told me that point I honestly freaked out because that did not even cross my mind very interesting fact but this so going back to as you were asking if he was married so apparently he had said that he was with his current partner so actually let's just backtrack a little bit so obviously they do a little bit of digging on this Fernand guy and they travel to Luxembourg to question him Mm. so this is Sally and Channel 7 I think Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Is it Channel 9? No, no. It's Channel 7. Oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and apparently he's a bit bit weird, isn't he? Like he um, won't look at Sally in the eye and he won't shake anyone's hand. Yeah, he pretends he doesn't speak English. Yeah. Um, And so he had said that he's never been to Australia and he's been with his – with his partner for 40 years. So there's a lady obviously at the home with him. Um, he had said that he was with her for 40 years, but he does have an ex-wife, which uh, Channel 7 and Sally got a hold of on The Lady Vanishes and did a yep. little bit of an interview with her. Mm-hmm. Um, so something I definitely wanted to bring up and discuss with you. I don't know why I'm so hooked on this one point because I feel like they don't even, they just <laughs> sort of like. Breeze over yeah, it. Yeah, in The Lady yeah. Vanishes. Like it's not even like a point, but. Apparently, this guy's sister's name is Marion. No. Is that weird? It is weird. But then maybe, I mean, just throwing it out there, let's just say that Marion didn't fall in love with this newspaper guy. Maybe she wanted to disappear and this guy gave her or gave her his sister's identity or something. But why why is this? Like, I want to know what this woman looks like. Like, who is this Mm. woman? They must know. That is weird. That is very, very, very weird. Oh, my God. Like, I don't even know. I just feel like this guy just is just screaming, like, investigate me. (laughs) I know. And can I tell you, sorry, just a quick point as well. So his ex-wife, I know in her interview, she had said that he, when he was younger, that he used to build apartments and things like that. So that, I feel like already that's a small connection to that ad that was in Australia because yeah. doesn't it say something to do with property, that Australian yeah. ad, and now this this ex-wife saying he built apartments. So I feel like that's connecting them already. So why is he lying about not speaking English and that he's never been to Australia? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. Wow, so crazy. Um, so I guess what do you think happened, Karina? What's your theory on this? 
Okay, so I think something's definitely happened at TSS at the school she was working at. Um, I think that was maybe a mix of things. I think I don't know whether she's found out about the abuse or whether it was just the fact that her teacher's aide had sort of dobbed her in about smacking the little kid and that just, you know, like really scared her because obviously it's out of character for her and she just felt really guilty about that. So, you know, that's a reason to sort of pack up and leave everything behind, like just to get away. Yeah. So I think that's something, or even just the rumours about her, I think that that already has started to like sort of eat away at her. And then, see, I, I, I don't know. I know we had spoken about this earlier, but I feel like, I don't know if she's just met this guy or I don't think they've had a relationship because I feel like this guy would move quick. He wouldn't want a lot of people to know about him. You know what I mean? Because then he sort of can't take like, can't sort of his plan won't come to life if you know what I mean like if she starts telling Sally like oh my gosh like I started talking to this guy and they've been talking let's just say for three years because obviously it's 97 and this ad originally went out in 94 so I feel like somehow she's come across this Fernand guy I just yeah I just feel not, like not not via the newspaper you mean no I feel like that's a clue that was there but I don't think she's come across him in that ad. I feel like it would have moved quicker than that if she And, did. I mean, she was dating people. Exactly. You know, she was dating the maintenance guy at the school and whatever. And she's obsessed with that pilot as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. yeah I, okay. So I think, yeah, I think she's somehow come across this guy. I don't know how. Um, I think that he's taken advantage of her. Mm-hmm. As in, like, I think he's love-bombing the crap out of her. Uh, I think I'd said earlier there's something Dirty John about this guy. Like, something just the vibe... You know how Dirty John just somehow just, I don't know, gets. He was just like a leech. Yeah, exactly. And for some, obviously she loved being in love and he just told her everything she wanted to hear and she probably Mm -hmm. thought he is amazing. Like this is it for me, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think she was a little bit embarrassed though, not about him but just about maybe falling in love so quick or even maybe it's not even about falling in love maybe it's about getting married because I feel like she's she's happy to be in love and happy to discuss getting married but I feel like this guy may have been pushing marriage on yeah. on her and she would have been her fourth exactly you know? and I think that you know like prying eyes or judgment sort of made her think of a plan if you could say yeah. that so yeah. whether that's um escaping on like a European holiday. So maybe they could spend some time together um, or even just get married overseas and spend the year together. And she could maybe go back to Sally within the year and say, I've met someone and we've fallen in love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like she was yeah, a little bit embarrassed to tell her family, but I do think she wanted to tell her family. I don't think she had planned to marry this guy and never speak to her family again. I think she just wanted to ease into being married you know away from everybody's judgment it's like yeah yeah so I think that she knew she was getting married or knew that she was obviously traveling whether they were traveling together or she was going over there to meet him I'm not sure um I think that something's obviously happened while she's over there so whether it's he's convinced her like let's buy it now that we're married let's buy a house together Mm. but I don't have all my money yeah um, and convinced her to go back home to get it. Yeah. There's something that I literally, I think about all the time and that's her, um, the, what, what do you call that thing with all her like items in it? Like a um, storage unit oh, or storage box. Yeah, Is the, that, yeah. 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 That 
honestly, I don't know why. I'm just obsessed with that storage unit. Because does anyone know where that is? No. And because Sally didn't even know the location of that. Nah. And it had really expensive and um, numbered pieces of art in there. So yep. as we were saying before, we've, they've had 7 million um, listeners on The Lady Vanishes. And I think if it's someone in Australia had come come across it, it would have been known. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yep. feel like that's gone somewhere. Like I feel like maybe she did, like she's come back to Australia. She's taken out her money. Uh, she's shipped her stuff overseas because she thought oh Sally won't have to deal with it you know what I mean yeah I'll just deal with it Uh, she shipped it overseas and then I don't know something has happened I think foul play definitely I don't Mm -hmm. think it's so sad to say I don't think um she's still alive I think this man has I don't know I, I don't actually what are you thinking like I don't know what he's done with her like it's just crazy yeah I mean I'm thinking like kind of two two things like I think she either yeah, uncovered something at TSS and was ashamed of being reported to the education department. So she did want to disappear and that she helped or hired someone to help her orchestrate this disappearance. And they kind of guided her on this, oh, go to the UK and send money in over here and do this and do that. Um, You know, so she was just following advice. Or I do think that you're right, yes, she's met this Fernand guy. She's fallen in love. She's wanted to marry him but was ashamed and just thought that it would be easier to do out of the country possibly live over there for 12 months and then kind of come back and just announce all of this stuff had happened but yeah I do agree that she is not alive anymore um because I think that this guy was just looking for money and like similar to what you said like dirty john like dirty john was just trying to get her money yeah and and i think that this is a similar situation and i think he manipulated her to come back and withdraw everything and once he kind of got what he needed he just got rid of her i think there's evidence to that as well because don't forget as we were speaking earlier she had twenty thousand dollars in a bank account in the uk and that hasn't Mm. been well i think that it hasn't been touched since she left the uk yeah, but, and I think like maybe she'd made, so maybe she'd made that bank account in the UK under the name Marion Barter. She'd changed her name to Florabella. She's got over to the UK and realised she's got no identification to be able to withdraw that money. He's gotten mad. Okay, let's go back to Australia and get the rest of your money then. Do you know what I mean? But I think that I, I think that it had a bit of it had been used for her travelling. Oh, so I think okay. it, it stopped being used the second she um there was reports of her coming back into Australia. Mm, something okay. something as well that makes me think that she was going to obviously to like she knew that she was going to meet him or going to get married is on her outgoing passenger card. They've actually oh, yeah. tracked that down and it says she's leaving. Is it indefinitely? Does that mean forever? Yeah, yeah. Yep. She's leaving forever to live in Luxembourg. Mm. So that's actually, so that's all documentation. So in her mind, I'm thinking, she's thinking, I'm going to go there. I'm going to get married. I'm going to set up my life. I'll come, like, I'll keep, like, communication with my daughter and my family. I'll come back Mm. for Sally's wedding. But by then, hopefully, they'll be okay with, you know, meeting my new husband um, and with my new life. Like Sally said openly, she's more than happy for her mum, you know, to go and live her life. And even if that means moving overseas and she was happy to do that, then yeah. she'd be happy for her. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. You know, sometimes people do manipulate the truth a little bit just to make things a bit easier for themselves. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like maybe she thought, okay, I'll just have a break for 12 months and then I'll be able to kind of piece all this together and then it will all be fine. Yep. And I know this sounds really bad or even if she thought, I'll just see what it's like. Like I'll know once we're married and we're living together what it's like before I sort of start telling my family and they freak out. Because it sounded like even if she was kind of planning this whole disappearance, she was kind of setting it up so that if it didn't work out she could come back yeah like it, yeah if, if it was really thought out on her end it she did set it up so she could either stay with what she decided to do or she could revert back to her, her old life yeah see that's a, that is such mm. a good point that's what I'm thinking as well yeah the and her obviously her passport's never been shown to be leaving Australia again yeah um, so she's yeah apparently still here yeah dead or alive unfortunately so, but hopefully there wow. is an inquest, I think, coming in June, July this year. Yep. So hopefully that we'll be able to answer some questions for Sally or even just, um, I guess, uh, uncover more information that isn't available mm. to Sally or obviously to the public because um, yeah. they have a lot of information, I guess, that they're holding on to that they haven't been yeah. able to release uh, due to privacy. So, yeah. Yeah, that will be interesting. We'll have to do a little update. Um in the episode around that time, if anything comes out. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, so that that kind of concludes the case of Marion Barter. But before we go tonight, Karina, we should definitely mention the information that's come up on the missing campers this week. Oh, I had so many people like, tagging me oh on my God. <laughs> so um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the police received a tip and they have travelled to an area closer to Mount Hotham so it's kind of where they were camping, but I think it's like half an hour to an hour away and they searched that area and they found two shovels, Yeah, which they've taken into evidence. And which makes me think two people because you don't two take people. two shovels. Like, you, no. you know, if you're doing it by yourself, you're not going to take two shovels with yeah. you. Um, which that was what we said, multiple yeah, people. Yeah. Like, isn't that crazy? Uh, and apparently um, I had seen also on the report that there's apparently an enormous volume of intel coming in so they must be getting like a shitload of information on this because for them to have found the two shovels I think they only just started this week uh searching that bushland and I think that bushland is like completely like no one has ever even walked on it they think that some humans haven't even walked on these bushlands before that they're um searching so very interesting update on that we've actually got lots of like a lot more plays on that episode this week as well. Like I think we've almost doubled those the plays on episode two. Um, you know, maybe people are just getting a little bit more interested now that, that they're getting closer to, to maybe it. finding out. Yeah. I but, really um, hope. Um, yeah, there are I hope so as well. It gets resolved and hopefully soon. The fact that they've – I think they've actually paused um, searching any more of the area. I think they were doing like DNA testing or something on the shovels. Wow. So that will be – very interesting, yeah. Very interesting. Well, we'll have to uh, keep updated on that one. Definitely. Um, so that's it for this episode, Karina. We are um, covering an American case this week. Ooh, we are. So exciting. Well um, known as well. Very well known. Um, I'm super excited to talk to you about it because I don't think we've talked about it for a few years since it kind of happened. But um, We were yeah, very think... into it when it first happened. So I'd like yes. to see what your thoughts are now that so much time's passed. Yes, but if you do have any information on Marion Barda or the missing campers, uh, contact Crime Stoppers on one 800 333 
if there is a case you want us to cover or you have any details or information or you just want to have a chat to us, uh, send us a message on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at Caffeine Crime and Canines. Yes, and until, uh, I was going to say until next week, but until Sunday, Lockie. Until Sunday. (laughs) Ready to wrap this up, Karina? Yes, let's get the frap out of here. (laughs) Bye.